Welcome to the We Raise the Stars and Stripes Over Japan podcast. My name is Mark Stephen Schwartz, and it is both an honor and a privilege for me to read the diaries of Allied and American civilian prisoners of war interned in and around Kobe, Japan during the Great Pacific War, World War II. This is episode 19, and we'll start... April 1st, 1942. Harold Brinkerhoff. April Fool's Day. The day is a little cool, but is nice and bright. There was an article about the disgraceful death of Kazan by the Americans. Today, they say he's in Australia. We're supposed to go on our picnic on the 6th and the 7th. We'll be split into two groups. The Japs wear masks over their noses. I haven't figured if it is to prevent spreading colds or is a preventative measure to keep from contracting a cold. Either way, it's a good idea. The Japanese are courteous people. It's an act of courtesy to bow to one another. If we bow to one of them, they seem very pleased and bow in return. We thought that the soldiers in Guam were trying to make us subservient to them. I guess the fellow's spirits are lagging, as I didn't hear a single April Fool's Day joke. Roy Henning, still cold, feet frozen all day. Received news about a trip we're making out in the hills on the 6th and the 7th. Drew a diagram of my modern bedstead. Charles F. Gregg, colds have killed appetites and a few of us are able to eat the fish we are served. Since fish is 50% or more of each meal, when you can't eat it, you don't eat. Slim Houston was sick today. My cold is still hanging on and good for a week yet. Time drags on with occasional exercise in the park when the guards feel like it. Bryant Sterling, down with a cold the last two days. March 30th had chills, fever, and loss of appetite. Loss of appetite came in handy here. Told Don he could be sure I was sick as I hadn't touched my bread for several meals. That was a sure sign. Durham gave me some bitter quinine powder that helped knock the cold in the head. This was undoubtedly the worst cold I'd ever had. Heard the picnic is scheduled for the 6th and 7th of this month. It's almost my birthday. I already invited Bill to the birthday party. We'll share my peaches with him and Clary. Bill has been very kind to me here. Made another needle today. Had many compliments on it as it does look factory made and a needle is no cinch to make. Ordered a green gabardine shirt from the same guy I bought one off the Coolidge here in 1936. Ties cost 3.45 yen and 3.72 yen. Fixed the Finn suitcase today and learned he is moving to a hotel tomorrow morning. This change is a direct result of his bringing in food to the fellows. Don and I tried to get his room, but it was already spoken for. We'll try to get his electric heater tomorrow though to use as a stove. Latest scuttlebutt is that a ship is coming towards the 1st of May to pick up diplomats 
maybe us. April 2nd, 1942, Harold Brinkerhoff. There's a lot of talk of our leaving for Lorenzo Marques. The British have filled out questionnaires stating whether they want to go to Lorenzo Marques or in Portuguese East Africa. If they wish to stay in Japan, what sort of income do they have? We did not fill out a questionnaire as the Swiss filled out one for us. We hope all the talk will produce some action. My cold is okay, but a number of men are still down. There is a story a Jap ship will be here the last of the month to pick up Allied diplomats. Everyone is positive we're going with them or on another ship at the same time. Our food has been good of late, but not in sufficient quantity. There has been only one meal when we didn't have fish in all the time we have been here. We had a nice exercise period in the park. Charles F. Gregg, I've been spending quite a bit of time in bed trying to get rid of this cold. Not much news in the papers these, these days. They are still bombing Corregidor, and Cripps is hard at work persuading India to help Brit Britain. From local sources, Cripps will meet with failure in his mission. Roy Henning, sunny day, warmer, exercise in the park. Brian Sterling, got the electric heater okay. 15 or 20 sacks of potatoes came in for us. The result was that 10 of us got caught stealing spuds, including myself. We weren't actually caught, but the head cop noticed some were missing, so he told Wes that if the spuds weren't returned, there'd be no picnic. We brought the spuds into the cop, and as a punishment, he said no picnic, picnic for the ones bringing in the spuds. Greg luckily argued him out of this, and instead we were not to go to the park for a month. We expect to get out of this in a week. Bill went shopping and bought some fine knives. April 3rd, 1942. Charles F. Greg. Trip to town today with Mabuchi-san in order to buy eyeglasses for two of the men and also make group purchases. Carl has been going once a week and buying pens, papers, knives, shoelaces, and a several score of other things totaling 80 yen or more. I finished buying Carl's list of items and tried to buy some canned fruit, fruit or food. Food, especially sweet foods, or any food except fish and air sats just can't be had. Harold Brinkerhoff. I bought a loose leaf notebook to use for my astronomy notes. We're going to try and get a telescope for our use through the Japanese Astrological Society. It would be nice to watch the stars as soon as the weather warms up a little more. Roy Henning. Swell summer day, saw a soccer game in the park, haircuts, heard that the diplomats are leaving on the 20th this month, hope we go then too. Brian Sterling, started using heater with fine results, had real coffee and toast,
made from crust given to us by the cook. Stove makes a swell toaster. Bought two jars of tart plum jam from the cook that helps out the toast a great deal. Dried out blankets for the first time. April 4th, 1942. Harold Brinkerhoff. The rumor persists that a ship is coming in April 20th, bound for Lorenco Marques. There's a lot of British who expect to go on her. Everyone is elated, <clears throat> excuse me, as they are sure where to go. There are numerous small incidents that point the way. Several guards have said we'll be leaving soon. People on the outside seem to think so. Our food has been very good compared with a few weeks ago. A thousand pounds of spuds were brought in. We were told we'll have a special dinner tomorrow, Easter Sunday. On Monday and Tuesday, we're going on a picnic. We believe the improvement in food and the extra privileges we are receiving are for the purpose of leaving a good impression of the Japanese. In connection with the potatoes that came in the other day, several of us carried them into the kitchen. Some of the fellows stuck potatoes in their pockets. <coughs> the guards ordered all who had potatoes to report to the office. The culprits were punished by having their exercise period taken away for a month. Brunton and I carried a bag that was split open. We were sorely tempted. I'm now glad we didn't yield to temptation. These are the first Irish potatoes we've had since we left Guam. Charles F. Gregg. Ball game today ended in a tie, 6-6. Six six. We'll have to be played off. Bath day in the afternoon, so shaved and washed clothes in preparation for Easter Sunday. Lots of rumors. A ship to come in and evacuate all aliens to Portuguese East Africa. East Africa. When? April 20th. One of the ships is supposed to be the Tatuta Maru, if it is only true. Haircuts this evening. The third since arriving at Siemens Institute. Roy Henning. Filled out evacuation forms. Saw a very good soccer game between the Japanese and the KRAC club. Rice and curry for supper. Brian Sterling. Our group is going to the picnic Monday. Here it is going to be in a regular park at a lake. Suit came back from the cleaners. Cost three yen, which is certainly stiff. However, they did a first-class job. Suit looks like new. Went, went wind on the jam today. Oh, went, went bought jam today. About five jars, 45 sen each with five sen tip to the cook for each jar. Lost our heater. Head cop came to Stickles' room to fine bacon and ran right into that stove. Had to take it to the office, so that's that. The latest scuttlebutt is that two ships are coming in here on April 16th to take us all home. Son of the Spanish Council told the priest, filled out a form today giving our occupation, name, relatives, etc. Everything leads to departure. April the 5th, 1942.
which was Easter Sunday. Charles F. Gregg. Easter Sunday and a cold rain. We had asked to be allowed to go out to church, but were refused. The Union Church, however, sent in a potted plant and a bouquet of daffodils and tulips. The men truly appreciated the flowers. Mabuchi-san had promised us a little extra for dinner, and sure enough, in addition to spaghetti, fish, tea, and bread, we received a small bit of boiled potato, a hard-boiled egg, and a very small square of sweet bread with a splash of cinnamon called cake. A real treat for us. I finished reading H.G. Wells' Outline of History. It's a really good book. Harold Brinkerhoff. It's been raining all day. Our picnic was postponed. We had a nice Easter dinner of fish, meat roll, hard-boiled egg, two kinds of vegetables, and a baked potato. It was one meal I felt satisfied after finishing. Everyone is elated with the prospects of our leaving on the 20th. If we don't go, there will be a lot of disappointed fellows. Roy Henning. Rainy day, Easter. Finish reading Ether and Reality Book. Very good. Reading Chemical Discovery and Invention in the 20th Century. Also the Reader's Digest. Receive nice tulips and other flowers from the Union Church. A potted azalea plant gift is beautiful. Swell Easter dinner. Tuna fish, fish patty, roast potato, greens, hard-boiled egg, and a piece of cake. Bryant Sterling. Working on a knapsack. Picnic postponed due to rainy weather. Dawn down with cold. April 6, 1942. Charles F. Gregg. Cold, very cold this morning. Most unusual for Kobe, they say. There's a real tingle in the air, and a snow cap covers the top of the mountains visible out of the upper hall window. We were supposed to have been taken on a, on a hike picnic today and tomorrow, 35 persons to a group, but for some reason the picnic part was canceled. We were taken on a short hike about five miles up to the mountains and up a canyon to two waterfalls. The two waterfalls will name the were named the female or lower falls and male for the upper. We were favorably impressed by the wet path and also a park-like garden surrounding a Japanese shrine school. The canyon was picturesque and pretty in a Japanese way. Most of the cherry blossoms had been blown off by yesterday's cold rain and wind. There were a few trees still with blooms, however, and also the deep pink bloom of the plum tree. The hike gave us an excellent view of Kobe and the harbor where activity was nil. The houses and buildings of Kobe are tightly packed together in a narrow band bound by the sea and the mountains. The eaves of the roofs appear to touch 
and make solid blocks of tile. Since only the main streets have any width greater than a few feet, the impression one gets of the town is of an old black belt bending and turning with the foreign section and the main city section of the town being the buckle on the west while the black leather of the belt twists and turns for miles around the bay to the eastward towards Osaka. The sight is far from a beautiful one and surely doesn't inspire one with unusual beauty or planning. I'm fast becoming a Sea American First campaigner. Our group made the hike between 9.30 a.m. and noon. Roy Henning, very cold, snow on the hilltops, taken on a hike to the waterfalls in the hills. Very interesting. Listing plants with Hanson, those grown in Guam. Getting plant chemistry dope from Thomas. Waterfall visited on a hike named Nonobiki. Brian Sterling. Picnic to take place after all. We'll leave at 9.30 a.m. to be back by noon. Half of the group to go in the morning, the rest in the afternoon. Back from the picnic, which turned out to be merely a two-and-a-half-hour hike to a nearby park and back. Best park, best part was the hike through town, although the park was interesting with its several waterfalls and fine place from which to view Kobe and part of Osaka. At the end of the trail was a tea house where we were allowed to buy oranges and grapefruit. Several of the fellows bought souvenirs, including Bill Falvey, who bought back a shell ashtray. April 7, 1942. Harold Brinkerhoff. We went on a picnic. It turned out to be a hike. One group went in the morning. My group went in the afternoon. The hills are beautiful covered with small pine trees and here and there cherry trees in blossom. Some are light lavender and others are pink. We hiked to the top of one of the highest peaks. It was sort of nippy up there before we could see the whole of the city spread out. I'm sorry, below we could see the whole of the city spread out. There were a few ships in the harbor. Our hike back was uneventful. Everyone is surely still hopeful that we will be leaving on the 20th. I surely would like to be home for my birthday, July 8th. I was talking about a pair of lovebirds Gene would wanted. I learned from Brunton that there are no beautiful tropical birds on Guam. There are few birds of any kind. Brunton was telling me about a pet fruit bat he had by the name of Pedro. This bat would respond to his name. He would come and crawl all over you and caress you with his wings. The Guamanian name for the fruit bat is Fanigi. Brunton said the bat would also take your finger in his mouth as though he would bite, but he never did. One couldn't leave anything around or Pedro would get into it. One time he got onto the syrup and he was a mess. One must get them young to train them. Fanigi means flying fox. Grow, they grow to have a wing spread of as much as two feet. They're vegetarian and the natives eat them. Charles F. Gregg. Another bitter, cold, gray day. 
Low clouds cover the city and hide the hills. We were advised that we could have hot water daily except Sunday from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. supposedly because we have no fire for heating now and that portion of their time these days sewing duffel bags out of pieces of heavy canvas brought from Guam. Most of them were hammocks given them by the U.S. Navy. Unless we're moved within a month, there will be some pretty low spirits around here. The police have asked that five of us write our impressions of yesterday's hike so we will have something, to some composing to do this afternoon. Roy Henning, cataloging, cataloging Guam plants. Heard that we may leave on the 20th with the diplomats. Received 70 cent prize money for being on the winning baseball team in our league. I wrote a letter home just in case we have a chance to mail one. Bryant Sterling. Got my shirt on the 5th. Cost 7.50 yen. First, or fist fine. Fist fine, and I like the color. Did a nice job on the monogram. Getting ready for the big day tomorrow. My birthday. Started by saving my bread tonight. Also made arrangements with Bill in regard to a hash that he started cooking today. Everything will be lovely providing the cops don't find our stove. I should say Bill and Jeans. Have been having some wonderful jam and orange toasted sandwiches lately. Sure will try these at home. Made a swell buy of 11 tangerines from the cook the day before yesterday. These with the jam on the toast come the closest to cake around here. On Easter had a fine supper, including a piece of cake one inch square. Not sweet, more like cornbread. April 8th, 1942. Charles F. Gregg. Mr. Izumeda came today and advised that the Swiss consul was expected to call either today or tomorrow. We were told that from now on, we would be permitted only one exercise period a day, none on Saturday or Sundays. This is due, the police tell us, to believe to be the treatment given the Japanese in the United States. They are taking reprisal action against us. Two ball games in the afternoon, and for the final game, the other team won 5-3 to three and 2-1. to one. This ends the series. Harold Brinkerhoff. We have had rayfish for the past few days. It has a strong ammonia taste. I wasn't able to eat it. It was the first food I've turned down. We heard the rate of exchange is to be dollar for yen. Though some scuttlebutt that Tokyo officials had asked Kobe police why more people had not applied for evacuation as there was a surplus of room. This news surely made the wishful thinkers positive in their statements we're leaving. No one wishes to leave worse than I do, but I can't get too worked up. I will not get my hopes too high. I have a vocabulary of about 100 German nouns. It's not too hard except the gender of the article. 
The verbs are more difficult. It's 7.30 a.m. and we're waiting for breakfast. I awoke early worrying about my family, wondering if the government is giving Alzada an allotment. We've been told our morning exercise period is discounted in retaliation from the mistreatment of Japs in the U.S. Roy Henning, only have one outing a day now. Weather, sunny, getting warmer. Listed all the uses of a coconut tree. Brian Sterling, April 8th. Strange as it sounds, this has been a very happy birthday. Perhaps this feeling is influenced by a full and satisfied feeling in my stomach. But I'll say my, save my happiness is mostly governed by the goodwill shown to me by my friends on this day. To start at the beginning, as I said yesterday, Bill had a hash all ready to warm up for this occasion. He, Gene Clary, and myself also had a little bread put away for sandwiches. For myself, I had saved my bread from last night, this morning, and noon. On top of this, we had the good fortune to get a banana each on our plate at noon, and only an attorney knows what a swell sandwich this makes. Also for noon, Bill and Ling gave me their soup, which tasted delicious to me, but being a fish, they didn't relish it. Three cups of soup must have given my stomach a start at the offset. Shortly after lunch, I presented myself at Bill's room with all my makings, which included bread, jam, tangerine, a banana, and one can of peaches. Bill already had the water on for coffee. Gene soon came up with his bread, and by the time we had the sandwiches made up, the hash was sizzling in the pan. Our sandwiches are worthy of mention, being so delicious and perhaps being not so common in the States. My top notcher was tart jam, sliced, pajama, uh, sliced banana, and sliced very sweet tangerine. This one really was luscious. Also not to be sneezed at was a sandwich made up of jam and peaches. The juice from the peaches sweetened our coffee. The hash of Bill's was wonderful, and all in all, the meal was a great success. Gene Cleary even lit a candle for me. That same afternoon, on top of all of this, Roy Hahn showed up with half an apple that he had saved for three weeks and a tangerine. This was certainly thoughtful of him, and I plan on returning the compliment on his birthday, April 11th. We sat on the back porch and ate the half apple each and also a grapefruit I shared with him. Supper contained another surprise. Well, to start with, I must reveal that I donned my newly pressed suit, new shirt, and tie. Had many compliments on this getup. Oh yes, also had my white shoes that I recently whitened with common blackboard chalk. Looked very nice. Well, just before dinner came in, I was thrilled to hear Don Wallace and his group serenade me with, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sterling. Happy birthday to you. This was worth even more than food to me.
And this concludes episode 19 of the We Raise the Stars and Stripes Over Japan podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye now.